Welcome to Growing Up Skywalker. My name is Anna. And I'm Sam. And today we have a triple header arc, young Boba Fett versus Mace to the Face Windu. It's normal aged Mace though. We only see him at one age. So We do. We do get a pajama Mace as well. So yes. we get a Mace Windu who contains multitudes. In all of his outfits that we ever see him wear. It is very, very exciting. So we're covering season two, episodes 20, 21, and 22, Death Trap, R2 Come Home, and Lethal Trackdown. Yeah. Which is the last episode of season two. Yeah. So after this, we're moving on to some stuff in season three, and we are hustling along here. Very exciting. So we start on board the Jedi cruiser Endurance with Mm -hmm. Mace and Anakin preparing, I guess, to rendezvous with the Republic. Very unclear. But there is a trap. The clone youth brigade babies are Mm -hmm. on board and young Boba Fett is with them. He has infiltrated them under his uh, clone name of Lucky. Which is so cute. I find it very funny. All these little clone youths already have like different mannerisms, different haircuts, and they're all voiced by the same person except for one. Yeah, they all they have a weird lispy kind of thing going on. We'll definitely have to talk about it. Yeah. But they sound real dumb. Um, <laughs> Boba, kids. you know, mm-hmm. you know, Boba's on board. He makes a friend. They're going to spend the whole day hanging out with Admiral Killian mm-hmm. and Anakin and Mace. But then Anakin and Mace get real busy. And Anakin's like, sorry, I can't show off in front of you Mm -hmm. and be your hero. And Mace is like, whatever. Yes. Mace has a lot of whatever energy in this arc. He really does. So the the commanders in charge of the Bebes are making them do target (laughs) practice. And they're like, you're not going to be good at this because the one thing you don't have is experience. And then Boba hops up to the gunner array Mm -hmm. and you can see it in his eyes. He has done this before in Attack of the Clones. Um, He gets three of the skeet targets in one shot. And they're like... Whoa, you mm-hmm. are the coolest. Then he sneaks off and he gets a transmission from somebody mysterious. Mm-hmm. He sticks a little computer right inside of Mace's bedroom and creates a laser trip line yep. and then sneaks back to the group. Mace comes by, obviously ready for a nap, and is about to step over the threshold when Anakin calls for him. And then the clone that he was with steps over the trip line instead. And blows up, and it blows out navigation on the ship. Yeah, big explosion. So they're hovering just over the planet of Vancor. With a Q. Which we've seen before. Yes, it is the home of the Gundarks with a Q. Yes, much Q. (laughs) Not cute. Boba has a lady friend on the other end of his communicator that he's calling the Watcher. And he's Mm -hmm. like, I failed, what do I do? She says... Don't worry, blow up the reactor core of the entire ship. And he's like, no, this isn't about the crew. This is just about me getting revenge on Mace to the face Windu. Yeah. She's like, no, if you want Mace dead, you got to do as I say. Mm -hmm. So he goes to the reactor room and the clone trooper there is like, hey, you want to look at my gun here? Grab my gun. Yeah. Well, so the whole time he's... Really taking advantage of the fact that he's a little kid who looks like all the other little kids they on there. They are very nice to him. Yeah, well, because they're all brothers, you know? Mm-hmm. So he's like, hey, is that a DL-11A? And the kid's like, yeah, keep the clone trooper's like, yeah, keep the safety on. But, Boba smacks him in the face, I just want to say. Just yeah. smacks him. And then stuns him. Yes. And he's like, don't shoot, we're brothers. And he goes, you're not my brother. Mm-hmm. He blows the reactor it sucks three clone troopers just out into space like alien style. Mm-hmm. It is real crazy. Mace has to force grab Admiral Killian to keep him from being sucked out to space. And then Anakin has to let himself drift back and close the emergency doors yeah. to make sure that no one else gets yeeted out into space. So the ship is listing heavily. It's blown out some engines. It's in a really tough time. It's in a really bad spot. The babies have to hop into escape pods to make Mm -hmm. sure that they don't go down with the ship. But Boba scuppers his. So it's dead in the water. Yeah, he blows off one of the little speed fins and then uh, also breaks the radio. Yes, and he's stuck in there with his friend Jax. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. Admiral Killian is refusing to evacuate the ship. Uh, he gets sucked into Vancor's gravitational pull, and 
the entire endurance is crashing yeah. onto Vancor. And then Boba's pod is picked up da, 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 by infamous bounty hunter Aura Singh. As well as her people who are helping her, Bosk, the Trandoshan, and Castus. Yes. Who is gross. He is. <laughs> Not my fave. Yeah. Aura makes Boba leave his new best friend, Jax, and jettisons them out to space. Mm -hmm. This beautiful, sad vocal track is playing as they unclip this pod, yeet it into space. You're like, oh my God, these babies are going to die. Mm -hmm. Never fear. Anakin is here in his little ether sprite. He grabs them. Everyone's fine except, you know, Boba. And like all the clones. And all the clones who died. So then we move into the next episode, which is R2 Come Home. More like Lassie Come Home. Yeah. And this is Adversity is Friendship's Truest Test. Oh, that's the fortune cookie. Yeah. Which I think is pretty important. That's nice. So at the crash site, Anakin and Mace land and they're trying to like look for survivors on Vancor. They come across some clones and they have been executed by blasters after the crash. So they're making their way up to the bridge to find Admiral Killian, and they don't find anything. Meanwhile, they sent their droids off to scan the lower decks. Yeah, we can immediately tell this is going to be a droid episode because it is just lingering shots on R2 and R8, who yes. is Mace's astromech. So R2 and R8 are running around with sensors out, flashlights on, and there's shadows moving between the camera and them. And it turns out that Vancor is still infested with Gundarks. Yeah, we saw Gundarks the last time we were on Vancor and Dooku captured when they almost snacked on Anakin. Yeah, moral of the story, don't go to Vancor. Really, seriously, just so, don't. One of the Gundarks uh, neatly disassembles R8. R2 runs away. And up at the top, we find Anakin and Mace, and they are... Uh, looking for more evidence in the in the bridge of what's going on, they come across a helmet, and that yes. helmet is a Jango blue Fett's Mandalorian helmet. helmet. Mm -hmm. And you can see the wheels turning in Mace's head as he's like, "Mandalorian, that's Jango Fett's helmet." But if that's Jango Fett, then wait, Anakin, don't pick it up. Anakin picks it up. It's a bomb. It explodes. Pew pew. They get crushed under rubble and they can't escape using the force because first of all, Mace is like out of it and Anakin is beat up and it's all Jenga style. If they move one block, they're going to crush themselves. Yes. So then we pan back to Aura and Boba mm -hmm. and Bosk yeah. and Castus. And so they're going to sneak in. So they, they're having a, a talk and they have, fortunately, they have Admiral Killian and Pons and another clone as hostages. Mm -hmm. And so they leave Bosk to watch over the hostages. And then Costas and Aura and Boba start climbing into the ship yeah. to finish the job. Well, finish the job and literally get Mace and Anakin's heads as yeah. proof to show to Dooku for payment. And they're worth, you know, like a million credits or something. Something so, crazy. Yeah. But R2 decides to play home alone with them. It he is like, actually so great. He's like throwing stuff down. He gets a clone's grenade and He's throws giggling. It at them. Yeah. He like shuts all the doors on them. He drops mm -hmm. boxes on their heads. They're he, like, oh, fine. So Anakin, R2 meets up with Anakin and Anakin says, go to the ship, call for help. And R2 eventually makes his way down there after home aloneing against these guys. He gets there. He takes off. By this point, it's scary enough that the Aura Singh and crew have also been like, yeah, there's no way anyone could survive in there, but we'll just go back to our ship and shoot it up to make sure. Mm -hmm. But they see R2 taking off. R2 zooms away. Oh, well, first, R2 is about to get eaten by a... He goes feral on a Gundark. He like yes. puts a suction cup on its forehead and yeets it off uh, into he, like the cliff. He puts the other end onto Anakin's starship, starts up Anakin's starship, and then climbs into Mace's starship Whee! as Anakin's starship goes into the cliff at a thousand miles an hour. And he is probably doing the fanciest flying of his life. He has to go all the way to space to get away he does, from the bounty hunters. Aura Singh in Slave One is shooting at him. Boba Fett on the guns. Who we know has perfect target practice mm -hmm. experience. So he once he gets to space, they're being jammed. R2 pulls out his little uh, 
you know, satellite dish that gets shot off by mm-hmm. Boba. There's two hyperspace rings. They only have time to shoot one. R2 starts a big spiral, which a human being like in that cockpit would, their head would explode. Oh R2's gosh. like, I can deal with this. He is in such a spiral that no matter which one they shoot, he can fly into the other one. Uh-huh. And they shoot the wrong one and he hyperspaces away. He slips into the ring. Mm-hmm. He yeets off into space. He jets over to Coruscant. He's in such a hurry that he falls down the stairs. Yes. And then he's like, I'm a USB stick. Plug me into the Jedi battle computer. And they're like, what? Ahsoka's like, this is R2-D2. This is Anakin's droid. And he plays the message from Anakin and they start going for the rescue. Aura Singh flies off and is like, we'll have to regroup. But Plo Koon and Ahsoka and Wolf show up just in time as the whole bridge is falling off. They put a bunch of grappling hooks on. They lift everything off. They rescue Anakin and Mace with just enough time. They're, They're beat up and fly off back to Coruscant. So that's... It's a pretty exciting end there. Mace gets a little moment with R2. He's mm-hmm. like, I can see why Anakin trusts you, little one. Anakin, little one. A- Anakin says, it's more praise than I ever got. And Mace says, hmm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I want to talk about that rescue scene. It is so great. But then we make it to the last episode of this arc, Lethal Trackdown. This is a good one. The fortune cookie. Revenge is just a confession of pain. Yeah. Oh. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, every day I'm just railroaded by another Clone Wars fortune cookie. Are you experiencing, like, lots of revenge in your life? That feels like something I've never had, but... Anyway. I can either confirm nor deny. <laughs> okay, so Aura Singh is forcing Anakin and Mace to come and rescue Pons and Killian and the other clone. Yeah, she sends a a uh, hostage negotiation tape, but she has Boba kill one of them on camera. Well, so Mace and Anakin are convalescing, so mm-hmm. they cannot do anything about this. Aura's on the holocron. She tries to force Boba to yeah. kill the clone, but he can't do it. Mm-hmm. So she's like, ugh, fine, I'll do it. She kills one of the clones. Mm-hmm. It's Commander Pons. This is not good. Yeah, this is uh, his second appearance because he was in the Ryloth arc. Oh, yeah, he was. He is, he is the uh, the Cody to Mace's, to Obi-Wan's yeah, Mace. Or, yeah, pour one out for Pons, yeah. man. Okay, so Master Plo decides that Mace and Anakin get to stay in their PJs a little longer. He's yeah. like, okay, no worries. I'll take Ahsoka with me. We'll put on our secret undercover ponchos, mm-hmm. and we will go to the seediest dive bars of Coruscant. Ahsoka's like, why not go to the last spot that we saw them? And Plo Koon's like, why go to the one spot in the galaxy okay, we know he's not? I wrote that down too. I was like, why have I never considered this? This Plo is so wise. He is. And his voice has got that very cool mechanical burr yeah, in it. Yeah, gravel. Like, yeah, I think they turned it up like 10% this episode. It sounds real good. Yes. Meanwhile, over the bounty hunters, it Mm -hmm. is not all bounty hunters and paradise because Castus is like, I'm out. This is some nonsense. So Mm -hmm. Aura's like, okay, fine. We will just go to Florum and meet up with my ex-boyfriend, Hondo Onaka. Capitalist extraordinaire. Oh my God. We're just taking a field trip to all of our favorite spots this arc. Yeah. So we land on Florum. There's an extremely uncomfortable makeout scene. Yeah, Aura just zooms in and gives Hondo an like Extended, threatening kiss. Yeah. 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 It's this episode's the one where like you realize that Aura's a a bad guy. She's like a, a definitely a villain. This one Definitely shows how. Everyone is afraid of her. Yes. I am not surprised. Also, Hondo takes one look at Boba and he's like, I hope that one's not mine. Mm-hmm. Hondo! Oh my God, this is a children's show. <laughs> well, so they go inside for a drink and Castus calls his friend and he's like, I'm Audi. Uh, but I have some interesting information for you. Aura just like coolly takes out her blaster Shoots him in the face. Mm-hmm. Hondo's like, hey, someone scraped that guy off the floor. Yeah. What? Yeah. I mean, it's a pirate bar. Poor Boba. My little baby. He's just like, oh, I know. the world is and a they, cold, hard, they dark place. They wouldn't let him have a green fizzy drink either. A Jolly They wouldn't. Juice, they so. wouldn't. Yeah. So Plo and Ahsoka get to like their 17th seedy bar. Mm-hmm. It's like an EDM cantina scene. Yeah. We get... 
a phenomenal scene. Plo has been coaching Ahsoka. He's like, you need to chill out. You need to do what Tara Sanube told you mm-hmm. and quiet your mind and listen. Less Anakin, more Sanube. Yes, always. Tattoo that on my body. So <laughs> she finally <laughs> closes her eyes. She listens. She hears all of these distinct conversations. Mm-hmm. And then, bam, she zooms in on Castus's friend, who's talking all about Aura killing him over on in Hondo Anaka's bar. On Florum, yeah. So, you know, she does get cornered and has to have Plo, like, talk them out of it. But she did so good. Yeah. And then Plo's like, I thought I told you to keep a low profile. She's like, well, I got the information. She's like, I I was was until, you know, I wasn't. (laughs) Yeah. She did so good. So Plo and Ahsoka land on Florum. Mm -hmm. Hondo escorts them into the bar. He's like, I'm 10,000% not involved in this at all. Yeah. Have fun with my ex. Plo sits down. With Boba and Aura, and then Ahsoka ambushes them. Well, Boba ambushes him. Yes. Plo is perfectly fine with this situation. Yes. Plo is like, I with a blaster to the back of my head and Aura sing in front of me, I am perfectly safe. I'm extremely comfortable. I am a Jedi Master. Yes. So we have these two grown-ups being held hostage by 12-year-olds. Yes. Because uh, Aura has an antenna that pokes out of her head, and Ahsoka zooms in and chops it off and is now holding her lightsaber to her neck. Very handy lightsaber work from mm-hmm. Ahsoka. She did it without cutting her hair, too. And Aura has a crazy dreadlock top knot. She so. really does. She has a real look. She gives a care. Unfortunately, she is a very good bounty hunter. She has a plan. She, like, misses with her boot projectiles, but she gets them with a secret explosive. Right. So the fight scene, like, they go from everyone's got blasters and knives to each other to... Now the table is destroyed and everyone has blasters and knives to each other and yes. everyone's in different positions. And then Boba throws a grenade. And yes. then they escape. And then Aura dips. Plo mm-hmm. yeets Boba back with the force. She leaves him and he is like, she left me. Yeah. Oh my God. And Plo Koon is, is negotiating strongly with Boba Fett the whole time. He is. He's Because he's like... Boba, you can get out of this. You haven't done anything wrong. And Aura's like, no, Boba has to kill all these people. And he's like, is that what Boba wants or is that what you want? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But Ahsoka hops on the other speeder bike and chases after Aura. Honda's just like sitting in the yard watching the show. Mm-hmm. Boba will not give up Killian's location until Hondo is like, This is the honorable thing to do, and this is what your dad would have wanted. Yeah. You can see it in Boba's eyes. He's like, you knew my dad? Yeah, yeah. So Ahsoka's chasing after Aura. Boba gives up the coordinates. Bosk is about to execute the clones when Ahsoka zooms in. Mm -hmm. More fancy lightsaber work. She cuts their handcuffs. They're holding Bosk at gunpoint, and then Aura crash lands. She she jumps her speeder bike on top of Ahsoka's speeder bike, blowing both speeder bikes up, knocking everyone to the ground, and, and then, then she jumps climbs into the Slave ship. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Ahsoka crashes Slave One. Spoiler well, alert. Ahsoka climbs aboard the outside of Slave One as it's taking it off and is like, this is nothing that a lightsaber can't solve. Chops off one of its wings yes. and then stands in front of the cockpit. And just punches holes in the windshield. And blocks blaster bolts that Aura's shooting at her. And it's So amazing. Like, yeah. My baby is all grown up and I am so proud of her. So Slave One flies off over the horizon and explodes. And then the episode ends on this extremely uneasy note. They bring Boba back to the Jedi Temple in yeah. handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Mace kneels in front of him, and I'm expecting a speech, an emotional reconciliation, but nothing. Boba says, I will never forgive you. And Mace is just like, you're going to have to. And then they march him into the temple, and it's the end of the episode. I mean, he didn't have that tone. He said, well, you're going to have to. Mm. And I think that that... I mean, that's that. Those are several of the things I want to touch on. But this is a fun arc. You know, the third yeah. episode really brings it together. For it's got a slow build up. Okay, yeah. Let's talk about the pacing of these episodes because the first two are very slow. 
Yeah, it almost makes it such that this is a skippable arc unless you're a huge Boba Fett fan. Yeah, I would say it's weird to me in the very first episode, so Death Trap, with Mm -hmm. the Clone Youth Brigade. Yeah. They are kind of just the whole episode, they're walking very slowly around the Endurance. Mm -hmm. So slowly that Boba keeps like skipping off to do his secret mission Mm -hmm. and then just kind of like drifts back into the group without them noticing. Although I do have a note. Uh, So I noticed in all three of these episodes that the animation is delicate Hmm. and it's very spot on and there's a lot of detail put in. And one of those details is that while the rest of the Clone Youth Brigade marches, Boba stalks. He is slinking around and it's... uh, a cartoonish take of someone who, you know, rolls high on a stealth roll because he's just like moving along. And then if he bumps into someone, he's just like, oh, yeah, no, I'm the wrong direction or whatever. He almost gets caught by clones a bunch of times. Like five times. But they're all just like, oh, yeah, he's just a, he's just another little clone. So he's really sneaking. He's always there when he needs to be. And... You know, it seems like happenstance, but it also feels like a well-executed plan. It is an extremely well-coordinated plan because Boba is exactly the kind of secret insider person who would never be suspected. Exactly. The only thing different about him from the rest of these clones is that his hair is a little bit longer and he's a bad attitude. Yeah. And they like there's one moment where the clone, whoever person in charge of them is like, giving them like calling their names out and asking them questions and he is there and he has the correct question. And it's a, actually a bit of foreshadowing because the question is, you know, what does it take to like blow up the engines or how many engines before it has to go to emergency power? And it's three on the right and three on the oh, left. Oh, Yeah. Wow. They're giving him all the information that he needs to succeed well, truthfully. Yeah. I mean, he already knew all that. He already knew the whole plan and that sort of shows the Django Boba connection and that mm. like that's the way Django operated and the way Boba Fett continues to operate is, you know, as a bounty hunter, you go and you know where all the exits are, you know all the things to do because the first rule of bounty hunting is to live long enough to get paid. Sam says this from deep bounty hunting experience. I mean, so I've talked a little bit about the uh, Schlock Mercenary webcomic, which is extremely long running for 20 years daily. And that was... Uh, there's the 70 maxims of maximally effective mercenaries. Oh my goodness. And that was that was one of them, which was live long enough to get paid. <laughs> and I, I find that very funny because it's very different than what a Jedi or a soldier would think. That is exactly what Castus did not succeed in doing, right? He got killed way before he got his paycheck. Yeah, I mean, he's like, this is way too hot. This is way too dangerous. This has gone completely out of control. I'm going to bounce. And he should have just like not made a collect call until Aura was off the planet. So yeah, maybe don't make a collect call when Aura Singh is 10 feet away from you with a blaster and something to prove. And a, uh, you know, a spy antenna in her head. Oh my goodness. So I want to know, Sam, mm-hmm. what happened to Boba after the first battle of Geonosis? We leave off Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Baby Boba has just seen his dad get a real bad haircut. Yeah. And then nothing. So uh, he's got Slave One, which is his dad's ship. Right? Did he just has the keys or what? Apparently. Okay, that's good. He's Uh, number one, transportation. I mean, he had his dad's armor. He had his dad's helmet. And then he's got the keys to the ship. And then he has his dad's network of contacts, right? Mm. So Aura is another famous bounty hunter up there with Cad Bane. And so it's like, hey, let's call up people in dad's Rolodex and see who we can, like, get some help with. And it seems like they're all doing this job for Boba. And it's a way of like paying off the debts to Django. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So imagine, if you will, that you're Aura Singh and you're like, okay, well, I owe Django my life five times over. Mm. And this is his son. 
at the very least, what I can do is take him under my wing for a while. Yeah, I guess what I was picturing was Boba like grabs the keys, dips, gets into Slave One, and is just like what floating around and like calling people up and trying to figure out what he's going to do with the rest of his life. Well, I think he would definitely, after Geonosis, not want to get involved with the Separatists because mm-hmm, he just saw them mm-hmm, get clobbered. Mm-hmm. He saw his dad die. He's dealing with grief, and then he's got. Uh, yeah, he definitely doesn't want to get involved with the Republic because they just killed his dad. So he takes the third path. Mm. And presumably, maybe, because the clone army was put together over the course of like 10 years, and he's 10 years old, he's unaltered, he ages normally, that maybe he's met some of these people. Could be, yeah. yeah so. It's just interesting. We get such a different characterization just in the space of months because an attack of the clones – Boba was this malicious little 12-year-old, right? Like, ha, 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 I'm flying around with my dad blowing up the Jedi. And then here in this arc, we get these lingering shots of him, like hating the violence of this world that he's found himself in. Yeah, I think part of it is it is big step to take a life. You know, mm-hmm. and it might be that this is the first time he attempted to take a life, especially in cold blood. Executing mm-hmm. a hostage is a real cold, oh, hard yeah. thing to do. But also, and this is, you know, possibly just from however long he was infiltrating the clone youth brigade. They look like him. They act like him. They're his brothers. And as Cut Laquane said, I'm as alike you as any two beings in the galaxy can yeah. be. Yeah, he is surrounded mm-hmm. by his literal brothers. And to uh, to do a little Easter egg in the future, 40 years in the future, Boba Fett says, I think they might recognize my face. Ooh. And so he recognizes that he is part, like his face is one of millions, but he doesn't have the socialization that makes that okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's this amazing moment in the first episode when the clone bebes are getting on board the Mm -hmm. endurance. They're passing through these like silent ranks of clone troopers Mm -hmm. and they look up and they're like, I'm going to look like that one day. Yeah. They're seeing their future, but Boba just is so in so many ways the dark sheep and so many ways the wolf in sheep's clothing, right? He's like, you're not my brother. I'm not socialized to be like you. I'm not a soldier. Mm -hmm. And people keep telling him, like, I I recognize what makes you a good soldier, but he has never been raised to be that. Yeah, that is what is the like dark part of the first two episodes here is that people keep saying like, don't shoot me, I'm your brother, mm. or I know you're a good soldier, and he keeps reacting against that strongly. Yeah. Because he's a young man going through puberty. He is, he is. He's going mm-hmm. through so much. And also, when you're going through such emotional experiences, I can imagine that military rigor is not really what you need. Yeah. And one of the clone commander guys looks Boba right in the face and he says, nothing can prepare you for the moment that you look death in the eyes. Mm-hmm. And Boba's like, I know. I've seen it. Like I have yeah. more experience than you could ever imagine. And your military mindset is not going to work on me. Mm-hmm. Because he's already a free spirit. Because remember that the Kaminoans did change. He is different from the clones. Yeah, he didn't get the, what is it, like the docility, yeah. gene suppression thing. As well as a few other things, yeah. Interesting. So he's he's different, but he's very, very similar in so many of the ways that count. Yeah, I think his his foil in this arc is his friend Jax, who he makes right off the bat. Who is also the only clone child voiced by Dee Bradley Baker. Yes, okay, okay. So it was so cool. Jax is very much a leader in he, the You making. can tell because he has cool hair. He does have cooler <laughs> hair than everyone else. He's got like the hipster pompadour yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so the rest of the cadets sound kind of dumb, mm-hmm. but it almost feels like Jax's voice actor sometimes is dipping into the full-fledged clone trooper voice because he sounds exactly like Rex or Cody. He, he is the full-fledged clone trooper voice. That is really Those The other ones cool. are a different voice actor. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he's just often taking command of everyone around him. He's telling everyone to shape up and get in line. Mm-hmm. He's in the escape pod that Boba handicaps and he's the one who's kind of marshalling everybody he's in the driver's seat he's in the pilot seat yeah yeah so he's a great foil for 
Boba because he has very much drank the Kool-Aid. You can tell he's like arc trooper material. Mm-hmm. He is, or he's like a, a clone commander, a clone captain. Totally, like yeah. Cody. Because we've we've talked about that in the past. Like, what does it take to make a like what separates a clone from like a clone commander? Mm. And you know, there's um definitely a system of merit, but there's also a system of like maybe some of them are given a little like. From a little the, special sauce. Yeah, like from the get-go, they have them as infants. Like this one has like a full head of hair and like pecs already. Like oh this my one's God. this one's our this <laughs> one's gonna going directly to officer training. Yeah, maybe, but he's very disciplined, he's very regimented, he's inspiring. Mm-hmm. Anakin even says it. He's like, you know, when I improvise, I am inspiring and educational. And Mace is like, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm like, Jax is very inspiring when yeah. he's taking charge. Yeah. So I think he's a great character. He's a great foil. He could have been a great friend, but Boba is just like lost. Yeah. So then we move on to on Vancor, seeing that again, watching R2 and more importantly, the way that Windu views R2. Mm. I think that's a really important thing to explore. The first thing he says to Anakin, when because Anakin's chattering with R2, mm-hmm. and Anakin's like, yeah, I don't like the feel of this place either. And Mace is like, your droid feels things? Yeah, which Mace doesn't see that, but Mace also learns to accept it over the course of the episode. That R2 is a vastly superior astromech to all the other ones? yes. And I think that part of that is what I'm realizing is that so droids seem to need uh, the occasional turn it off and on again, the occasional memory wipe. Otherwise, they go crazy hmm. or like they become real janky. And that perhaps that's why it's done all the time. And it's just that R2 went janky in like the most effective way possible. But he's still like a good luck charm for everyone who gets to hang out with him. Oh, and yeah. Still get stuff done. Even what do they say about him the in The Phantom Menace? Like this little droid's got a lot of gumption or something. It's probably not that exact. No, word, it's definitely not. Yeah. This is my translation yeah, from a million I mean, years ago. He gets a, uh, you know, he gets a, a commendation I know. for whatever that's worth. So, yeah, I think that's that's pretty funny that it does make sense from a military point of view. You'd almost love to be able to be like, okay, we'd love to mind wipe three quarters of our force between operations so that they don't like give up any secrets, especially droids, because we're fighting a droid army, Mm. as well as the fact that, you know, Mace Windu is what, 40, 30, 50. The way he carries himself in this episode, he looks tired. Yeah, well, he says no rest for the weary, but mm. yeah, you know, he's, this is probably his first major combat and fighting against droids. He's like, yeah, I shouldn't necessarily use droids more than I should, particularly because they're part of the cosmic force, but not part of the living force. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you think R2 counts? Only if you subscribe to the Darth R2 theory. Oh, (laughs) I am not interested in that theory at all. R2 Mm -hmm. is my perfect bebe who can do no wrong. I do not want any evidence to the contrary. Yes. I'm hashtag unsubscribing. I also love going back to Vancouver with a Q because like if you want a desolate planet full of like Terrifying demon monsters. Yeah, it's just like, oh yeah, we landed on Vancourt. You can breathe there. Just don't breathe too long or too loud. Otherwise, the gun darts <laughs> will rip your ears off. So, uh, yeah. We skipped over entirely the moment when R2 goes feral when R8 gets ripped in half. Yeah. He goes nuts oh, on a, those gun darts. Well, he, he pulls out a shock prod and then all we do is, and he starts charging towards a Vancor or a, a Gundark and all we see is the Gundark's face as you hear a doink yes <laughs> he like sticks out his little pokey thing and he pokes it right and they, it's right it's uh right, the poke it's, spot yeah the apparently poke spot. <laughs> yeah they like slap him into the wall it is crazy mm-hmm. he does so good he does. And then he hustles back to base and is like, I was told to deliver a message. I got shot at 475 times. I have to do the craziest flying of my life. My and friend I work R8 with died. Anakin Skywalker. <laughs> my friend R8 died. I have to clean this like carbon scoring off of Mace Windu's <laughs> ship. This has been a bad day. I need you guys to listen to me. <laughs> 
And he's like bumping up against the other astromech who's like, excuse me, this is a military meeting. Uh, did anyone invite you in? So there's something amazing that I found out when Master Plo and Ahsoka kind of mount their rescue mission. Yeah. Plo's clone troopers, Commander Wolf, right? Yes. So Master Plo's troops are called the Wolf Pack. Yes. And this is my favorite thing I've ever heard. The nose art of their ship says Plo's Bros. I love that. Which is phenomenal. Uh, Commander Wolf is great and has a long career ahead of him. Okay, that is phenomenal news. I'm very excited about this. Commander Wolf also has a fantastic mustache. Yes. Okay, I did not know that, but I he has that energy. He has mutton chops and a mustache and no chin beard thing going on. It's Big very Victorian. mutton chops yes. energy. He is fantastic. I mean, good for him. That is a very cool scene when they mount the rescue, though. There, I, I said it earlier. The graphics in this one were like, whoa, to me. And then uh, further on, when we see Plo and Ahsoka in Coruscant, I noticed it a lot. Oh, mm. Well, also, when we get to Florum, because previously we've been on Florum, and you're like, okay, it is generic desert number 17. Mm-hmm, there's rocks, mm-hmm. and there's like a bar. And this time, you're like, whoa, there's a lot more going on. There's a lot more geology. There's a lot more feeling. There's a lot more Ooh. interesting, different terrain. Yeah, I looked up a lot of the concept art for this mm-hmm. arc, and what I noticed is that the artist's notes are extremely, extremely intricate. Mm. The designs for Slave One, the artist left about 50,000 comments in the margins, and I read all of them. Yeah. And they're like, okay, well, these seams have to be really prominent, and then the rest of them can be lighter because it'll look like the ship is bigger and it'll look really good in the close-ups. And there's two gray colors and they're drawing off of this camouflage kind of motif on Slave One. And that is just Slave One. And we don't even get that much time with Slave One. No, no. So there's really cool stuff, especially in that third episode. I especially noted as Plo and Ahsoka uh, are taking a little hover taxi skiff oh, down yeah. that it's playing ads animated ads yes on this translucent screen which is so the skiff is like coming in it's rotating around to land on a port and you can still see the little animated ad and it's being like rendered properly wow. which i understand like from a rendering perspective is not the most difficult thing but um it's but it cool. adds to that beautiful urban CD effect that we yes, talked about in downtown does. Coruscant before. It does. And it's when fun they, to go back there too. It is so fun. And in the nightclub that they go to the CD bar, mm-hmm. there are all these like crazy posters for nightclub acts. Like there's a sexy hut in a bikini. <laughs> like there's sexy Twi'lek pinup art everywhere. There's yeah. these flashing translucent lights. It was just, I think maybe they gave it a little extra oomph because it's the last episode of the season. Yeah. But it was very, very intricate and it made the experience very deep. And so as far as a season finale, that's actually an interesting thing to bring up because it's not how we've generally viewed the episodes so much because we are doing them in strict Mm -hmm, internal chronology. mm But I definitely see that as an important thing to bring everyone together as well as reintroduce Boba Fett because he is such an important character, Mm. especially after the Mandalore arc, because the entire idea of a Mandalorian is like the entire thing. You know, Boba Fett during the scene on Empire Strikes Back when they introduce him, they're like, okay, we'll have a bug guy, we'll have a creepy looking robot, we'll have a dude in armor, we'll have a lizard guy. Okay, and the guy in the cool armor, I'll get him because he can be played by a human actor. It's Boba Fett. And that choice resulted in Boba Fett being like this incredible icon because he represents, he was the catalyst for the entire third way of Mm. Star Wars. He's not light side. He's not dark side. He's not Jedi. He's not Empire. He's not Separatist. He is just a bounty hunter. He's just a man trying to make his way in the galaxy. Yeah. What I think is interesting about coming to this arc immediately after the Mandalore arc Mm -hmm. is that it makes you question everything that you thought you knew about Jango, right? Was he Death Watch? Was he just a regular Mandalorian person? Did he identify with this ancestral warrior culture? Yeah. It, It throws into sharp relief that we know so little about him. Yes. And so the whole 
the Mandalorian stuff is covered in fits and starts throughout the Clone Wars, mm. Rebels, and then, of course, the show, The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool because, you know, when the original trilogy first came out, it is obviously inspired by Akira Kurosawa films, and also it's the Cold War. And then the prequel trilogy is the end of the Cold War and the wars in Iraq and Mm. the Middle East, as well as like a more complex thing going on. The Clone Wars took place, was filmed during that. And Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, now we have to deal with shades of gray as people. And like, just because someone is in the army or just because they're a plucky rebel farm boy doesn't make them the good guy. Yeah, we've got war crimes. We've got mm-hmm. nebulous morality of militarism. And so the fact that Boba throughout this whole arc was dealing with his morality, I think, is really interesting. Because every time he is actually talking with people who aren't Aura Singh, they're like, this is not, you know, this is not the way to move forward. Yeah, it's interesting. We recently got the news that the Book of Boba Fett is mm-hmm. coming out on December 29th, 2021. We're sitting here in mid-November of 2021. Pretty excited about that. And my thought is that, first of all, this is a very uneasy way to end a season of The Clone Wars. There mm-hmm. is no resolution whatsoever. And I don't know where we're going next with young Boba. My next, you know interaction with him was in season two of The Mandalorian. Yeah. And he looks old. Well, you did see him in uh, episode five and six. For, yeah, but you know. No, you don't see his I have face. very bad short-term memory, so <laughs> I remember very little about that. So, yeah, I think that morality back and forth is really interesting. There's one more thing I want to talk about, though, Mm -hmm. and that's the conversation, one of the conversations he's having with Plo Koon. And uh, Boba is holding a gun to Plo Koon's head as they're having a tense uh, dinner date with Aura. (laughs) And Boba says, I want justice. And Plo Koon says, we are justice. Oh, it's such a good line. It is. It harkens back to at the beginning of that episode when they're about to go look for the hostages that Mace and Anakin are there. And Anakin's like, you got to go catch this kid. He tried to kill you. And Mace is like, should I stoop to this child's level? Mm. And it's only once the hostages get involved that Mace is like, yeah, okay, I'm somewhat responsible for this. But Mace was perfectly fine with letting Boba's attempt on his life slide, as well as Aura called that out too. And she's like, the Jedi don't hold grudges. Yeah, okay, that's interesting because my thought, what I wanted from the Mace and Boba interaction Mm -hmm. was some sort of wisdom from Mace to heal the wound, to start the process of healing the Mm -hmm. wound. And what it felt like to me was maybe he doesn't hold grudges, but he's also letting that wound fester. So I felt that a little bit as well as I watched. So I watched that last scene a couple times. Mm. So the last scene, uh, Anakin and Mace are still in their pajamas. They're still in their healing pajamas. Mm -hmm. And they're carting Boba and Bosk into jail. Mm -hmm. And... Mace kneels down. He gets on Boba's level. And Boba says, I understand that I've done horrible things, but I will never forgive you. And Mace says, well, you're going to have to. And that is wisdom. Because what Mace is saying is your forgiveness of me or lack thereof is what is holding you back. Hmm. That is the wisdom. And the problem is that Mace is like an actual Jedi master on the council who's been like walking the walk and talking the talk for long enough. Yeah, that when, he eats wisdom for breakfast. Yeah, and so when people are like, I have emotions, like negative emotions at you, he's like, Just okay, don't have them. Yeah, like skip ahead. That is so much the Jedi way. They're like, oh, you're having bad feelings. Don't have those. Yeah, and Mace doesn't recognize that he's dealing with someone who has been unable to move forward because he has, you know, he deals with younglings, but he doesn't have to deal with 
you know, people who have as much anger in their heart mm. as young Boba does, not to mention that Boba is being influenced by Aura Singh. Mm-hmm. Because that's the other thing Plo says is, do you, is, is that what Boba wants or is that what you want is to kill all these Jedi and to make such a mess of mm-hmm. things? Because Plo can read the room and say, Boba doesn't want this. Boba wants to sit down with Mace and figure out what happened. Yeah, I'm very intrigued, especially by the first episode, that no one was sensing Boba's emotional tenor, Mm -hmm. right? No one seemed to see that he stood out from the rest of the baby clones. I'm sure they were feeling all kinds of excited or intimidated or awed. Mm -hmm. And Boba was murderous. And no one seems to have picked up on that. And I am especially surprised that Mace didn't when he looks Boba straight in the eyes at the end of the arc. And just basically feeds him wisdom that he's probably not prepared to accept because he's in such a turbulent place. I mean, that's true. But also Mace is sitting here saying, I have a war to persecute. Uh, You're going to juvie for a long time. Here's the wisdom you get. But here's something Plo says when they're in the dive bar in the third episode. We're never too busy for the citizens of the Republic. And yet Mace is too busy to handle this issue that he fomented. This episode showcases the difference between Mace and Plo. Mm. And that is very cool because that's not something we've had an opportunity to do is explore the difference between two Jedi if one of them isn't Anakin or Obi-Wan. Yeah, because we always think Anakin is Mace's foil, but maybe Plo is also a foil to Mace Windu. Mm-hmm. Ooh. And also, Mace and Anakin make a great team. Yes, they do. They really do. They Be- got real aggressive forward action. They do. And uh, because Mace knows how, I mean, we talked about this in the Ryloth arc, he's got the shatter point to find the moment of weakness and strike it. And then Anakin is like, ah, yes, I am a ballistic missile shaped in a Jedi and I can just (laughs) solve your problem. And so that is a perfect combination of doing that kind of thing. So having them actually be on the endurance and training people perhaps was a different exercise that unfortunately fell completely apart due to Boba Fett and Aura Singh. Mm. What do you think about Aura Singh? So as I said earlier, she starts off and you're like, oh, yes, she is a bad girl. She is a bounty hunter. And then she escalates real rapidly into legit villain. Yes. And I think that is cool. Very capable. She's always the one who is controlling the flow of events. She's Mm -hmm. giving orders. She's making out with Hondo Onaka and totally destabilizing him. Right. Like that is one way to rip that situation apart because Hondo's like, ah, ha, ha, ha. I'm in my, you know, I'm the boss. Like this is my bar. These are my people. And she's like, sit down. And he's like, whoa, okay. (laughs) And then everyone is very afraid of her. Yes. Because they don't know which way she's going to move next, which is also how you mess with a Jedi, right? Is if you are very unstable, it's not that they can predict what you're going to do if you don't know what you're going to do. Mm. Is she unstable? She seems like she is very much, she's got a plan B, plan C, plan D, plan E. Yes, but you don't know which one she's going to jump on. Ooh, that's true. And also she has a volatility about her, which is like a very quick reaction. Yeah. She seems like this Really interesting combination of intense Mm self-control and then very quick reflexes. Yeah. She can just change her plan on a dime. So this is the lady we saw in The Phantom Menace, right? During pod racing? We did. She was up on the bluffs. Yes. So she is around. She's like stealthy. Yeah, I mean, and she she's on the Outer Rim doing Outer Rim stuff, doing mm. bounty hunting with Django Fett maybe and for Jabba the Hutt and for other people. Do you think she is being a good mom of this small hurting child, this small murder child? So I think what she is doing is she is trying to teach Boba. And she's teaching him the hardest lessons that he needs to learn, which is uh, ruthlessness and brutality. Hmm. And if he doesn't have those lessons, then she it's it'll be harder to teach them later. Hmm. She recognizes that if she wants to perhaps fill a Django-shaped hole in her life, that she needs to have someone who is as brutal and ruthless as he is. And if 
he, Boba, wants to be a successful bounty hunter like his father, then who, being a clone, he has big shoes to fill, right? Jango was an extremely capable warrior. And if Boba is to be an extremely capable warrior, he needs to know those as well. So maybe this is just because I came to Star Wars through the Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. So I have a big Mando-shaped place in my brain and my heart that are always filled Mm -hmm. with Mandalorian content. (laughs) Mando in that show, Din Djarin, Mm -hmm. is efficient. He's not ruthless. So he shows us a different way of being a bounty hunter. He does. I mean, he definitely takes innocent lives a few times. He does. He does. He doesn't seem to revel in it like Aura does. Aura smiles every time she kills someone. Yes. Aura is very scary. And I think that shows the path. And this is a common trope. I don't think I've met anyone in real life who is a, quote, killer, unquote, mm. who really enjoys it enough that you want to, like, keep them on a tight leash and only let them go when you need something killed. Aura might have become one of those. Django might have become one of those. And so that made them tools to be used. And perhaps that is the only lesson that Aura knows how to teach hmm. Boba. Yeah, It's just, it's interesting. Boba calls her his mentor and she's called his mentor by other characters. Yeah. And then she leaves him. So like, what is your responsibility as a mentor? More than that. And did she impart the lessons or was this just another lesson for Boba that you can't trust anybody? Yeah. I think that would be the lesson that he learned. And I think that is possibly the correct lesson for him to learn if he's going to continue this lifestyle Mm. of being a bounty hunter. And now circling back a little bit, is Boba Fett a citizen of the Republic? Ooh. Ooh. Because if he's not, then maybe they don't have time for him. And, you know, attempting to kill a Jedi a couple times is like, yeah, we're throwing you in the slammer on Coruscant. You could be cellmates to Zero the Hut. Oh, my God. I wouldn't wish that on anybody. And uh, uh, Ioni and Marcy. So they seem cool. Ioni and Cassie. They seem cool. Yeah, Yeah, they seem cool. (laughs) I would bunk with them. I think she'd be bouncing off the walls. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) literally. So. So. Who? Oh man! Is your? Oh man! Why do I have to go first? Baywatch! 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 Ah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one for me, and I think it's Plo Koon. Master Plo. Yes. Tell me everything. Okay. So we've talked recently about being an old school Jedi, like Tara Sanube. Uh-huh. Plo does that. Uh-huh. He, the, like, Plo says, like, five things in the whole episode, and they're all just amazingly wise. They're all the perfect yeah. advice. Why go to the one place we know he's not? We are justice. And... The, his negotiations with Boba because he's he's calm and collected the whole time. He's and like, his wisdom for Ahsoka, who we already know he loves, and it is the perfect advice for her. Well, yeah, and when Ahsoka is like in the bar and all the guns are drawn on her, and Plo Koon ignites his lightsaber, and they're like, "You really think you can take us, Jedi?" And he's like, "Do you want to try it?" Ooh, like in his cool big metallic bar energy for real. Dang. So. He does not step down. He is very cool. And he he gets the job done. Oh, now, yeah. that said, he's acting in the capacity of an elder Jedi. And he's like, my Padawan is doing something. I'm doing something. But like, I'm enabling my Padawan and I will be there to rescue. And mm-hmm. he's got the Plows Bros. He's got oh, Wolf. The so. Wolf Pack. Plows Bros. Yeah, the Wolf Pack. So, God, he's so great. Yeah, I think he, out of all the characters in this, comes off without even the slightest bit of a tarnished reputation. Mm -hmm. And it's very cool. I did really want to say Mace Mm -hmm. because he also offers wisdom. And that, well, I guess you're going to have to, at the end, to Boba, really just hammered me right in the heart. Yeah. But Mace's uh, 
Just, I mean, I'm on team droid rights. Here's the thing, too. Plo exceeded expectations, and Mace mm, did not meet them for me. He met expectations for me, but okay. yeah. Plo is just head and shoulders above. Yeah. That is such a good choice. I'm on a completely different trajectory from you, by the way. Okay, good. Okay, my honorable mention was for Jax. Really? Yes, who I think has all the makings of an incredible clone commander. If he, I mean, yeah. If he survives. He, he survived this episode. He so, did. Maybe yeah. he's the lucky one. <laughs> Secondary runner-up was R2. Okay, I see that. Who is just so phenomenal. And I just, I love the title of his episode so much, R2 Come Home. Yeah. It's a Lassie moment. They it need is. him. And his Home Alone escapades. He oh, got he got yeah. a uh, a kill on a Gundark, which is... Incredible. That's up there. Who do we know who's done that? Not even Obi-Wan. Uh, Obi-Wan just like smushed one. I think that's a kill. Well, Probably. maybe. Yeah. It could be the same Gundark. They're like out for revenge. <laughs> <laughs> She's so pissed off from the last You have the arc. smell of Obi-Wan on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as incredible a mm-hmm. showing as R2 had, my bay is Ahsoka. Ahsoka does great. Ahsoka because she continues to learn the lessons. She does, yeah. She continues to learn things from Anakin. Mm-hmm. And when she is corrected by the Elder Jedis, she learns the lesson. She follows through. She was amazing in this arc. Mm-hmm. I noticed that her lightsaber technique was very, very precise and delicate but also very, very efficient. Mm. So when Plo's bros are launching the rescue mission, she's the one who's just in a neat sweep, slices all of the lines that are connecting them to the the remaining debris of the endurance. That's about to fall down. She does the same kind of neat handiwork when she frees Killian and the other clone commander. Oh, yeah. Chopping off two people's handcuffs with a lightsaber in one move. Well, she's like somersaulting. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And when she's deflecting blaster bolts and punching the holes through oh, the windshield cool. of Slave One. That was cool. My baby is all grown up and doing the Lord's work. Those are point blank blaster shots. And she's just like. Can you imagine? No, but I'm not a Jedi. So. I'm not a Jedi either. So yeah, Ahsoka, hands down, was, my, was Bay material in this art. That was a great cast of characters. It was. I liked this. This arc had, despite, you know, we talked initially about the pacing. Mm-hmm. I think that the pacing let it fill up with the tension that it mm-hmm. needed to have. And the action scenes were all meticulously executed. Every single fight scene in this is very good. Yes. Yeah. So I, I like that. It's, it wasn't overly cartoony. It was precise. It was quick. As combat is. And it faced some very real questions and some Mm -hmm. very real issues. How do you surmount your trauma when you have been catapulted into a life that just wants to capitalize on it? Yeah. Like, how do you avoid being turned into a weapon when everyone around you is trying to weaponize you? And as the, uh, the first fortune cookie says... Who my father was matters less than my memory of him. Right. Wow. So Boba Fett in the shoes of Jango Fett. I'm more than a father. Mm-hmm. A you father, know. a brother. Yeah, he's he's himself. all the things. Yeah. And so that's a really interesting characterization yeah. for him to have to follow. And that is perhaps why his arc is the most intriguing across all of these. Although he was the antagonist. So Yeah, maybe unwillingly so. Yeah. He was in many ways a pawn. Yeah, and he might have learned his lesson from that. And maybe that's the lesson to learn for Boba is don't be anyone's pawn. Ooh, oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to be thinking about that on December 29th when I hopefully get to watch the book of Boba Fett. Uh, it, yeah, I have to watch it first to determine if there's spoilers. So. Okay, all right, we'll let you know. <laughs> You're my pawn now. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. So next up, we're already in season three. We are. Okay. The next thing we are covering is the second Mandalore arc. We're going Yo! back. Yeah. So back what, what episode's back. that? Season three. Season episodes. three episodes five through six. Yeah. That's a really fun one. I recently rewatched them. 
So that'll be fun. Wow, we're making great time. Mm-hmm. As always, you can find us on Patreon. We appreciate all of our patrons. And we've got our Spice Run. Spice Run. And Sam's Naval History Minute. <laughs> if you want more Skywalker, you can always follow us on social media. Mm-hmm. We're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not TikTok, tragically. That's that's you. That's all me. Yeah. And, you know, if you like the podcast, make sure to leave us a review and also send us to a person who has enough wisdom that sometimes they don't see the forest for the trees. Ooh, big picture people. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see you next Tuesday. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.